You're listening to Kiwi Roots Rugby Podcast. Let's go! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back uh, for this week's episode of Kiwi Roots Rugby. Uh, this is your host, Felix Filippo, and I'm joined by my main man, Scotty P. And, and a bit of a, a switched up uh, positional play here where um, Scotty's going to bring the hard-hitting facts and I'll drive the show along. Um, but without further ado, mate, We've got a lot to unravel in what was an exciting weekend of rugby. What were your initial thoughts? Oh, man. Again, watching the Hurricanes and supporting them, it was um, uh, it was an emotional roller coaster once again. But holy heck, it was an exciting finish. Um, I'm pretty proud of the boys uh, for the Hurricanes for not, for not giving up because, let's be honest, 10 minutes to go, we all our hopes were lost. It was sort of at a point where you'd if you were at the stadium, you'd start walking towards your car type of material. Um, that that <laughs> blue outfit. <laughs> they played like they were excited. It was their first game, and they smoked us for seventy minutes. Well, from what it seemed, um, but I was really proud of the boys for for sticking at it and coming away with a win. Um, yeah, like you say, a lot of things to unravel, and we'll start to pick that apart um, as we troop along. But um. What, what were your sort of initial thoughts on the game? Well, I, I think you're being generous about the the ten minutes. Like I probably would have left the stadium like ten minutes <laughs> into the half, into the second half. Mate. So when Geordie went it was, off, <laughs> it was that dire. Yeah. Well, when Geordie went off, I thought, who's going to mount the comeback? Little did I know we had some X factor <laughs> just come from our bench, and it was. I mean, I watched it for the second time, and right around that 60 minute mark the, the you felt you know they were putting phases to get together they were um they were just really taking it uh to the to the blues defense and they i just saw the second win come out of nowhere and that pretty much was the foundation of what turned out to be perhaps i know it's only week two but the game of the season one minute uh one well one point uh victory and overtime it's just unheard of um yeah. and like from the blues perspective they were playing championship 40 for 70 minutes yeah um i and i i wrestled with this concept for a long time was it a capitulation from the blues or did the hurricanes just find this ungodly like you know um inspiration to just yeah. score three incredible tries that yeah I, oh, when was the last time you saw three tries in, in, 10, <laughs> in the last 10 minutes man that's just crazy if, if there's any team that can do it though it would be the hurricanes i mean we've seen them do it before not recently but yeah i was thinking huh wouldn't that be funny if they could win this one and <laughs> and they went for it but I mean, like you say, before you know, leading up to that sixty-minute mark, the Blues were all over the Hurricanes. If you if you look at their defence up to that point, you know they were playing more of a um, up and in sort of closing off, you know, the outside channels. 
if you watch the outside backs, they were rushing up really fast, but it was mm. their line speed that was the big difference. And then once they got their line speed in place, then but they were making really good tackles. If you notice, a lot of their tackles was one up high, one up low. So they're shutting yeah. down the go forward, and they're also yeah. shutting down the option of an offload. Yeah. And um, there's one period there where um, it was sort of around like the 25th minute mark where you're, you're watching the Hurricanes attack at uh, sort of the halfway mark, and they're going absolutely nowhere. They're spilling the yeah. ball. The, the yeah. pass is going everywhere. They ended up giving up position, you know, getting forced right back down to their own 22 and then having to exit. You know, they um, and it was a really well-executed exit, but the play before that was pretty horrendous to watch <laughs> it's tear your hair out type of uh gameplay but the, the the blues were doing that the whole time right so they were yeah. they were putting all that pressure on us but then i, I don't know who, if it's liam mcdonald or whoever their tech coach was but or perhaps they just they were doing it on the fly but utilizing that contestable kick option they were owning yeah. that aerial space eh? um and and Geordie Barrett was well. They were clever enough to to try not to steer it towards Geordie Barrett because you what you had, Rossi on one wing and Hoosen on the other wing. But then you had guys like Jackson Garden Bishop trying to jump, and um, <laughs> yeah. Jamie Booth, like guys like that. <laughs> yeah. Of course, going to win. But they were all over us there. Eh? Um, yeah, especially did, Mark yeah. Talia. Like he he was one of their standout players for me i i don't know what you you think of him mm. but he really he really stood up after a pretty substandard 2021 season on his by mm. his standards what yeah. do you think yeah yeah no marchelle was great um he, he looked hungry and you yeah. and you saw that in the way that he was coming off his wing and looking for the ball he was chasing kicks he was jumping he, you know he gave away a penalty here and there but he's just contesting and not giving you know the the hurricanes an easy ride, so yeah, I think he had an excellent game um, and certainly put his name back on the map because, like you say, he was pretty quiet last year. Yeah, I mean we've 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 covered a lot about the Blues, but there's one person in particular that I feel requires or demands a lot of a lot of love this this episode, um, and for me, for like 50, 60 minutes where the Blues, as you mentioned, dominated. He was my MVP, and it was their lock, uh, Goodhue. Oh, man. Gosh, yeah. He, this guy has just been, like, where, where's he been? Where's he been? He's always been, like, there, thereabouts, but he he completely took over this game, mm. um, uh, disrupting our ruck ball, um, creating those mall turnovers, yeah. intercepting our line-out ball, Scoring tries from, from <laughs> scoring tries from a lock. You couldn't you couldn't have asked for a better game, right? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I, where has he been hiding in Northland somewhere? That's probably why he hasn't been collected. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. Sorry, sorry about that, Northland brothers. But yeah, Josh Josh Goodhue. Um, I honestly had no idea who he was before this game, but it's performances mm. like that that make you go, oh yeah, okay, watch out for him. Maybe a bolter for the All Blacks, even. Could be. Josh Could Lord, be. see you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
speaking of interesting all black selections now we touched on this last episode i could be skipping ahead but don't worry about it one person who's one person who's definitely got all blacks aspirations is our main man roger toivasashek so much was made Mm. um on his debut i i probably seen it a different way from you um i thought he played an amazing game um on his return to the 15s game, how did you see it and how would you rate his performance? Um, look, he was, again, he was hungry. He had great attitude. I think within the first 10 minutes, he had already had five carries and no doubt would have beaten some defenders. Um, but yeah, his footwork is pretty uncanny, eh? Um, hard to defend against. I think Julian and um, Zan Sullivan Azan? No, but um, Balin. Bailey, Balin. Shucks, sorry. Balin Sullivan um, actually did a relatively good job of containing uh, RTS and um, and even Ioane, actually. Uh, it's centre yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, uh, what I noticed was that league uh, style was coming out where he was running at holes and he was always getting an arm free. And you notice some yeah. of those crazy offloads. And that was very Sunny Bill-like. <sighs> Which is what I was looking at. Obviously, he's got a better, probably better footwork than Sunny Bill, but there's that same common denominator there, which is getting the arm free and keeping the ball alive. Which, um, you know, is going to be great in the All Blacks if he can make it. And I'm sure that um, you know, if the Blues tidy up their defence and actually play an 80 minute game, um, or once even once their their his um, teammates get used to him always getting the arm free, they know they're going to run that line. So he's only going to get more and more dangerous. Um, I reckon they probably should have pulled him off after about 60 minutes because, yeah. <laughs> mate, he was working hard, man. He was working yeah. hard. And he obviously missed that tackle right at the very end there, which led to that final try. So yeah. if there's only one critique, it was maybe he was on there for too long and he probably tired himself out and um, potentially led to that. It's a hard one because Ben That's, May actually yeah. did a great job fixing ben May. it. Just selling it. Yeah, he and sold yeah, it. And he if drew you go him back in. and watch the tape, he drew him in. That was it. He did. That was yeah. it. Yeah. So there's a bit of this, bit of that. But overall, I think uh, he probably played like a nine out of a 10, to be honest, in terms I, of I, debut performance. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with a nine out of 10. I don't think anyone expected him to play that type of game to have that sort of impact against a, a decent side like the Hurricanes. But, man, he looks like he belongs in the 15s game, which is deadly. Yeah, yeah. What a talent, <laughs> um, though. Eh? Just, yeah, just ridiculous. And he's just going to get better, which is scary. And then you add in the fact that they're still waiting for Bowden Barrett. Oh, I, I, it's, yeah, it's scary. I don't want to get into the Blues because... They had their 70 minutes of, of glory, um, <laughs> but they weren't the only success story that night. So do we do you want to get on to what happened in that final 10 minutes and what were some of the what were some of the key uh differences that we saw from the hurricanes and how they were able to turn the game on its head? Yeah. So the way I've I've reviewed that last 10 minutes, and the way that I have looked at it is the bench made all the difference. And I think from both sides, Hurricanes bench outplayed the Blues bench. So there's a bit of that. Mm. If you notice as well, you've had two playmakers come on. You've had Judd and um, Love. 
right? So I don't know whether it was Corey Dane on the sideline, but somebody was in their ear going, hey, I need you to go on. I need you to do this. This is going to make a big difference. Because like I said earlier, the, the, the Blues defense, you know, they were playing this pretty much the same defense all game. Um, you know, get off the mark real fast, rush, close down that gap between, you know, the Hurricanes and, and the advantage line, right? Um, and, um, and and close that outside channel. But if you notice when after that 10 minutes, um, or the, sorry, that last 10 minutes when the, those um, subs came on, they started utilizing that backdoor option a bit more. The guys started sending a bit deeper and we were able to actually get the ball past you know, the, the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah. And that for me was was probably the key difference. And also the ball was leaving the ruck a lot quicker. So the Blues were having to scramble a lot more. The defense wasn't, you know, being wasn't enabled to, to, to set up. And so it just created a little bit more chaos within the defense. And so, yeah, we were able to get that quick ball, get it out there, create um, uh, a mismatch in numbers or even a mismatch in players. Um, which even that last try is a really good example of Ben May coming up against Roger, right? Of course, Roger has to commit because he can't do a half-ass tackle on a big prop. Oh, um, big he, yeah. He's got to take him, but Ben May's got the the slick moves of the thirty-nine-year-old veteran, <laughs> yeah. and able to put um, Balin Sullivan in space. But so for me, that that's what I've put it down to is just the bench, the injection of love and Judd. And the, the the invigoration and in, of their attack or their, their change in attack, but also just their attitude. If you actually look at the defense as well, the defense had a new lease on life, which fed towards the other players too. So all yeah. of a sudden, we were getting off the line a lot quicker as well, and making. I don't know whether we're making our tackles or not. That's another story, <laughs> because I also <laughs> noticed the the Hurricanes were were tackling very high for a majority part of that game. There wasn't a lot of leg low tackling, and we weren't winning that collision. So the the Blues were getting a lot of go forward ball, even though they weren't getting the offload. Yeah. We were still still having to backtrack and getting beaten up on defence. So mm. yeah, with their ability to hold that ball in that last ten minutes, obviously change their attack style, um, execute in critical moments, um, in particular those those set plays um, that last ten minutes. We needed to win all of those to to win um yeah it was pretty impressive um the other player i really i thought made a difference was again Braden yossi um his running game is just totally different to what the other guys are doing out there if you notice he's running the ball with two hands and even though there's nothing on he's trying to create something <laughs> he's not just taking it in for the sake of it um yeah. i don't know if you notice um gosh it was down the left-hand side. There was nothing on. It was like two hurricanes on three blues. And he attacks the, the left-hand side um, you know, in between those two players and then gets that pass away over the over the side. Yeah, but it's stuff totally. like that that gives us really good one. go forward, right? And, yeah, mm. whenever he comes on, that's what he brings, and it changes the whole game. So Braden Yoss yeah. is, um, yeah, he's a real star, man. Hey... He's, I mean, I think he's, yeah. Well, I've talked about him enough, so I won't, I won't dive into into that too much. But him coming off the bench suits the hurricane style of one hundred percent. Yeah, 
Um, and I mean, it's, it's just another running threat that you have to be <clears> mindful of. <laughs> Let's not mind that world-class number eight who, who did enough damage at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> so just, just to create more headaches. Um, as, as, I'm, as I'm listening to you um, go through this, this summary, I, I, still, I still struggle thinking about whether or not that the Blues... Um, the blues just gave up. Uh, the blues just you had a massive brain explosion or some of those key hurricanes innovations in the last 10 minutes, those personnel changes and mm. um, um, style of play as well. I guess it's probably a good idea to get into what went wrong in the game. Mm. Um, and I, I know I'm struggling to, to, to describe what happened there. But I mean, if you're dominating the game for 60 to 70 minutes and your bench can't make an impact, I think there's, there's something that they need to address there. And I think while the Hurricanes brought on a creative spark, a youthful spark off mm. the bench, the Blues got rid of their leaders. And I think that's another, that's probably something else that we, we probably need to touch into is like who are the guys in that blues jersey that are going to step up and say hey guys regroup they've just got they're now one score away from taking this game over you all need to like pull your heads in mm. make your tackles and just close out this game slow it down do whatever you need to do you know some of those veteran dad tricks yeah yep. we did not see that from the blues this was a team who they scored all the fantastic tries who beat up the Hurricanes for 60-odd minutes. And then they just struggled to just put that final nail in the coffin. Is this, uh, I don't know if you agree, but is this something that they've overlooked in the offseason and perhaps um, put too many eggs in one basket and neglected one? I, yeah, I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely think, something went wrong there <laughs> which um you know I'm, they're gonna get a hammering for Liam McDonald was not happy with that final try um go, sort of going over there with Hardy but um yeah I I think going to sleep is probably the the best way to describe it um they probably had a feeling that the, the game was in the bag and you know we can just roll this out 10 minutes will fly by easy as well they've got to score three times they can't do that against us they haven't done it all game you know, they barely scored a, a try in like 20 minutes with Sweet Airs. Um, but like you say, yeah. the Hurricanes made those changes and the Blues were just unable to adapt. But you're, you're right. They needed somebody to just go, guys, we just need to get the ball and, and hold on to it. That's that's all we have to do. But, yeah. um, you know, just credit to the Hurricanes, credit to the boys. Uh, credit <laughs> to the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, and it was, it's, it's their yeah, it's it's their first game of the season, and they've had some key personnel changes. Uh, we don't want to be too critical of them, but at Super Rugby level, you should not be giving up that sort of a lead. Um, yeah, Blues fans, I hate to say it, but uh, welcome back to the good old Blues. Yeah, <laughs> what, do you, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, exactly. Ten, ten Hindi Mullers on Tuesday Fitness Boys for 10 minutes oh, of <laughs> 10 if you're lucky, mate. <laughs> yeah, oh, nah, nah. it was it was pretty bad in the end. Um, 
but no, I'm, I'm like I say, I'm proud of proud of the Hurricanes for for getting up, and um, I was ready to just go. I'm I'm going to go support someone else. That's how I was feeling watching that game, <laughs> if I'm honest. But and, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, part part of that too was that you know the the Hurricanes aren't a perfect team. I think we can all agree that there were some serious holes in that team that needed to be rectified. Mm. I look at. I don't know. This is this is perhaps an era of expertise of yours. Um, the Hurricanes tight five. I hate to say it, man, but boy, they were out muscled. That yeah. was another. That was another big focus point as to to what went wrong um, on Saturday night. And uh, yeah, for sixty odd minutes, seventy minutes, those those tight fives they really struggled, hey. Yeah. Well, we got some some youth in there. Um, I, I recognize that name, Devery. Um, mm. he seems relatively new. And then you've got the lock as well, um, alongside uh what's his name? Um, remind me, James no Just, Blackwell. Justin Justin Sangster. Just, Justin Sangster. About. Yeah, so we've got some youth there. Although we do have the, like, the likes of Tyrell Lomax, um, Asafa Amua. Um uh who else we got in the front row there? Who was who started on the weekend for the Hurricanes? Cody Rakiti Stones. Yeah. See, but these though I, I think Rakiti Stones and Lomax, they don't like exuberate like physicality or physical presence. Do you know, do yeah. you know what I mean? The way they're the type of players that execute their role really well. The lineouts, the scrums, um, just making general tackles, but they're not really enforcers, so to speak. Yeah. Asafa Amur could do it, but I mean, he does his best every week. He gets about, you know, almost yeah. 10 runs on average, 11 carries. Um, this tackles too, eh? Exactly. So there's not much more you can ask from Almoa. Um, James um, Blackwell, he does a great job too, but mm. I mean, he's only as big as he is. So what more can he do? I, I, I don't really know. His effort can't be questioned. That's what I'm trying to say uh, with Blackwell. But yeah, we don't have a lot of massive enforcers in, in the Hurricanes Type 5 that. Um, is a difference. So we really do have to be careful of that. I will give them yeah. praise, though, that we aren't losing our scrums. Um, we've got a good set piece. And, you know, um, a little stat that I heard during the week was that uh, 65% of tries actually come off from a set piece. So as long as we have a strong foundation, a strong set piece, then, you know, the, the opportunity to score tries are going to obviously increase. So yeah. if, if anything, we just want them to do that. And just avoid um, maybe these hit ups one on one, or <laughs> just keep you know guys like Adi, get Adi Savera and Almoa running with their support. Maybe we just get a bit more tactical around that. Yeah, I I I, I totally agree with you. Where um, it seems as though th- there are only so many big props and huge locks to go around in this country, and mm. boy, Blues have four All Blacks <laughs> in that front row, eh? so. Um, I think, yeah, we, we kind of just, yeah, we just need to admit the fact that we've got an undersized, but athletic, yeah, uh, Ford pack. And if they continue to play like they did in that last 10 minutes, then I, yeah, I agree. They, they can just manage the, the set piece. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I, as much well, as I want to be critical on the Crusaders Type Five, that could be a problem come playoff time because um, that was definitely a yeah a, 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 
a soft point in our in our game on Saturday. Yeah, well, I think the Hurricanes. What they need to look at is what they are doing really well because, I mean, we've only had two rounds of Super Rugby, and when I go to just the team stats, right, we're second equal in tries um, with the Crusaders with nine tries. Brumbies have eleven. We're first in clean breaks. We're first in carries. First in meters carried. First in defenders beaten. So it's not all doom and gloom for the Hurricanes. It's really all about, um, like like I've mentioned earlier, limiting the errors and you know just tightening up that defense, man. Like yeah. you know if we're not if we're not committing guys to the ruck, because I might have mentioned it earlier, right? Um, it's all about a numbers game, trying to create that overlap when it comes to that sort of stuff. And yeah, you know, then we're not committing in onto the ruck then why are we not setting our defense line quicker? Because that's the plan. <laughs> and getting our spacing right and then pressing up hard. But I noticed sometimes um, when they actually made some breaks, when I was watching the replay again, was it was even worse when our guys did more of an up and out defense where they just went up and drifted. You know, and But by doing that, we're giving away easy meters and we're allowing the attack to actually you know, get some real good momentum going into the tackle, which, if the guys don't make the tackle, the the likelihood of them making a clean break is is even higher. So, Mm. I don't know. We just got to decide on what our approach is going to be and stick with it and own it. Do you know what I mean? It's like they don't don't know their identity of defense. Like, what are we, what do we want to be? Who do we want to be? And yeah, uh, I'm glad I've, you brought that up. Yeah. Because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, especially um, Waterlad podcast, great podcast. Um, <laughs> shout out to the yeah. boys. Um, but when he when he speaks to the Hurricanes guys and they all allude back to that year they won, they all credit it to their defense, that 2016 Super Rugby title. And they all say that that, that last three weeks, um, which is a pretty interesting stat that I heard today, from the podcast was that uh, no team scored a try against them in the last three weeks. How crazy is that? When everyone's meant to be hot on form, these guys are hot on form in defense. How does, how often does that happen? Or who can say that? (laughs) Um, So they need to find that spirit. Hey, that the energy that they had back then and reinvent it into the 2022 version. Because they've got the attacking you... prowess. So, yeah, sorry, carry on. Now, now that you mention it, as, as I sort of recall that big period of Auckland dominance, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't remember any of the Hurricanes like dropping their head, making cynical plays, or, or any of that, you know, that fr- those frustrating type of plays where guys are just exhausted, they're down on the scoreboard, not just down on the scoreboard, they're, they're getting trounced. Um, the, the Hurricanes still went about their business, mm. but it's, it's as if they knew that was going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And I was, I was, watching, uh, I was watching Breakdown uh, on Sunday, and they interviewed Geordie Barron. They're like, do you guys practice for stuff like this? And, <laughs> you know, with, without revealing too much, he did say, you know, they, they do prepare for results at, at the later stages of the game. 
Right. I thought that was a pretty classy answer. And it just goes to show, man, this team is fit, but there's a deep-seated belief in this team that sure, they're not perfect. There are some holes they may need to, to fill up for the remainder of the season. But I don't know, maybe I just got to borrow some of your enthusiasm and, and just hope for the best for the boys because... Um, yeah, that was a that was a tough ride, a roller coaster ride, like you said. Um, and there was so yeah, there's still so much more to sort of go into this game. But there's there's one person in particular um, who perhaps he played an okay game, um, but there was one call in particular that I felt the referee missed out on, and I, I this could have been a potential turning point for the Hurricanes' comeback. Or I should say, it could have happened a lot sooner had he given that um, that penalty for Mark Talia's forearm to Devery's uh, Devery's nose. Oh yeah, and the tackle. That? Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, we'd we just sustained a mad um, offensive set. There was a turnover. Uh, they cleared the ball back to our twenty-two, and he ran it out. And yeah, uh, came off second best uh, mm. to to Talia. The, uh, the game was stopped. He had to go out for an HIA and he was done for the game. Um, and there was, there was nothing that came of it. It's one of yeah, the few times weird. I, I agree with Justin Marshall. He was like, look, any contact to the head is, is a penalty. And there was just absolutely nothing. How, how did you, so how did you it, see and react to that? Yeah, I, I was feeling the same. Like It was, it was kind of awkward in the way in which that he fell. Because it was almost like his legs just gave out, <laughs> um, and Mark Talia, yeah, he had he didn't have a lot of room to to pull out of it, but perhaps could have potentially made it safer or just lowered his degree of aggression in the tackle, knowing that he's in a compromised position. But um, yeah, you're right. Like, there's got to be some repercussion, even if it's just a penalty. Like, yeah, he doesn't need to go yeah. Off. no, no. Uh, that's yeah, definitely not saying that because that would have ruined the game. Um, and I don't think it was worthy of it. Like there are, it's circumstantial, right? Mark yeah. Talia, yeah, couldn't, he could have done something to make it, I guess, less, well, he didn't need to because he didn't get penalized, but yeah, there, I think something should have been, should have happened. And gosh, at least acknowledge it. <laughs> hey, yeah. keep it down. exactly but it was just silence it was just swept under the rug like right (laughs) in front of everybody's eyes (laughs) exactly yes it's not 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 a good look man but otherwise you know besides that one black spot um on the referee's name he 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 actually caught a a pretty good exciting game of rugby eh? yeah well um i also heard that that was his first game first super game oh no way yeah So he actually done um, pretty well for for a newcomer. Yeah, I think it was pretty fair. Thankfully, he didn't get too many controversial calls, like the whole Ben May um, hand of God. Maybe not hand of God because he got caught, but (laughs) 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 on his podcast today that I listened to, he said that the question got asked, did you touch the ball? And he goes, I don't, I don't think I did because like, he, he admitted it was pretty low to the ground. He couldn't get to it, but so seems like he was even. He doesn't think he got it, but yeah, it's got it's done now. Have to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> let it go, man. Let it go. 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's also a bit of awkwardness with the TMO at the end of the game. I, I don't want to take away from a thriller of a game, but mm. yeah, just, just a couple of, just a couple of weird, bad things that could have potentially taken away from, um, yeah, what was an incredibly exciting game of footy, but you know, this is super rugby, um, uh, Pacifica and the Blues and the Hurricanes weren't the only team that played in the weekend. Mm. On the Friday night, we were treated to an epic Southern Derby. Scotty, mm. do you want to take us away on what happened between the Highlanders and the Crusaders? Yeah, man. Um, this is always a great game to watch. It's, it's a true grudge match. And, you know, you hear players from both sides, you know, whenever they play this game, there is an elevated level of excitement, aggression mm. towards each other. Um, and it, it always ends up in an epic match. The, the, the final score, yeah, it doesn't really tell the tale of the, of, of the story, but it, you know, throughout the game, it was neck and neck. Um, the Highlanders you know, really jumped to, a, to an early lead, which probably for many surprised a lot of people. Um, but you know, guys like Sevier Reese and their All Blacks were the ones that really stood up in this game, and it's probably what like you mentioned about the blues probably what they were missing um the this is what the crusaders do really well in terms of you know not not giving up sticking to their game plan and going for it but it's it's plays like that five meter tap five meters out from reese where nothing was really on and it's pretty bold move um yeah because he had still had all their forwards in front of him, and he had to beat three defenders and carry two over, or whatever it was, to score that try. But for me, that was the pivotal moment that you know, led to the downfall of um, of the Highlanders' efforts. Because prior to that, they were all over them. Um, I, I don't know the, the the accurate position stat, but it seemed like it was ninety percent <laughs> towards the Highlanders. Um, and but however, that was a really exciting first half. Um, yeah, Crusaders obviously winning that first half 16-17. Um, and then it just carried on through the end. But like I say, the, the Crusaders just kept plodding along and then they score this epic try, which, you know, only the likes of friggin' Bridge and Will Jordan will score. But as Fanganuku, you know, makes a break, um, gives a mean offload to, to Bridge out the back, and then now this is this pass here back into Will Jordan. That's no easy feat at full sprint, right? That was a bullet flat pass. I think it was in front of a defender as well, trying to backtrack too. So it had to be pretty accurate, but it was on the money for Will Jordan. And then you saw him; his, his eyes just lit up when he saw the try line. There was two defenders sort of closing in on him, and he's like. Nah, I got this, and he just pins his ears <laughs> back, <laughs> and then that was cool. yeah, man. Then he carries over. Um, I don't know who it was, but carries one of them over the line as well. And I was like, <laughs> far out, man. That is why Will Jordan uh, is an All Black. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. He he's not afraid to to run into people. He got absolutely smoked um, that one time <laughs> <laughs> by one of the Highlanders uh, forwards. Uh, yeah. I think I think you came up uh, second best in the end, but um, yeah, Will Jordan got absolutely smoked. So, um, but but that's it, right? Attitude, eh? Attitude is everything. Um, but yeah, the bench uh, for me was again the difference. So, like I said, it was neck and neck all the way through. But yeah, um, Fakatava, it, it was an interesting one. You know, the week prior, we were praising his efforts. 
saying, you know, what a great game he had, and yeah, he belongs there. But then against the the Crusaders, I don't, I don't really know what happened, um, whether it was the moment or whether he's just trying to spark something, because that, that's the type of player yeah. he is, right? He's a risk that's, taker. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just seemed like there was a patch there where the Highlanders were attacking. They were getting nowhere. And it's almost like they just, he just ran out of options and he just kicked it. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, it wasn't contestable. It was, wasn't really trying to get them any decent field position. He just gave the ball away pretty much. Yeah. And whether he was thinking, ah, we're better off just defending our way forward as opposed to trying to run it. But I, I thought that was a that was a poor decision, and I'm sure um yeah he'll get that. But then there was one other one where there was only eight points in it. You know, they were Highlanders were defending their line five minutes out, and they they secured themselves a penalty. And I was oh, like, all right, and he tapped it. Yeah, bro. And I was yeah. like, here it is, here it is. All they need to do is yeah. just boot it upfield, get some really good field position, and hopefully the yeah. excitement of the occasion will will push them forward, or even get a penalty to put them within striking distance and then he yeah. taps it and I was like he what are you doing yeah. um, Aaron Major will be tearing his hair out with that one yeah. um, maybe oh. Fakataba will turn up next week with no back hair after that one but <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh. yeah oh, I thought when, yeah I Go. think a lot of people in, in New Zealand not just the not just the Notago were just scratching their heads over that one You, they're just sustained all that time on on defense, you defended really well. Kept them out. You you. This is your get out of jail free card. Yeah, and score yourself 30, 40 easy meters down the field. More if you've got a decent kicker like Mitch Hunt. But yeah, ah, oh, inexperience just showing there. Right? Yeah, that was more of a panic, a eh? panic move. I mean, he even tapping it, there was no way he was getting through. Because he was surrounded by all their forwards. Um, even their team was disorganized. So obviously the quick tap and whip it wide wasn't even on because he would have done that if that was an option. So, yeah, there was a big question there. What were you thinking <laughs> in that moment? Um, one try I want to talk about quickly, though, which was the first um, Highlanders try. I think it was the first one mm. with Sam Gilbert off the wing. It came yeah. off that scrum, that set move, where... Um, well, I think it went to, to it went to Mitch Hunt, and then you had um, who was playing second five? Um, Tomkinson? Uh, nah, uh, Umaga Jensen. Umaga Jensen, yeah, or well, one of them. Or oh, Fatuli Paya. Uh, I forget which order they were playing, but it was those yeah. two in the midfield. Yeah. So obviously he ran a short ball line with Sam Gilbert running out the back, but you can see that the perfect um, decision was made by Mitch Hunt. Because that defender was solely fixed on that second five running that, you know, that pretty um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brave line <laughs> straight into yeah. a brick wall, but it worked. It drew him right in, and I think even with that backdoor pass, the the defender was actually blinded by the attacker to a certain degree. Yeah, true. And by the time Sam Gilbert caught the ball coming round the back, he was running at full tit and just went sailing through that hole and then gave old um, uh, Will Jordan at, was it Will Jordan at the fullback or was they oh, oh Havili yeah Jordan gave one of them one of them should have got him uh, yeah. being you know playing that high level but yeah it just gave them the wax and sailed over but I thought yeah. that was like the perfect execution of a set move 
um, from the Highlanders. Um, and, and they'll be hopefully looking at that and just taking all the positives out of that. But, yeah, I thought that was a really well-worked try from them. I just wanted to see a bit more of it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's unfortunate we quite, we can't quite summarise this game up the same way we could in the, uh, the Blues-Hurricanes game. Don't get me wrong. The Highlanders, they always show a lot of grit. However, I think that creativity kind of just let them down and there, there wasn't much they had on offer in that final 20 minutes where the Crusaders just really just sucked the air out of that game. And, mm. and just, yeah, their, their experienced leaders just, just knew how to, how to end the game, basically. Yeah, um, well, We've seen two weeks in a row now that the Crusaders are vulnerable this year. They're beatable. You just have to yeah. play the 80-minute game. Yeah. I mean, they're giving away bloody more penalties than ever. You've ever it's... seen them. Um, <laughs> they're, they're leading the competition with yellow cards. So they're, they're even opening the door a little bit for you. you. The teams just have to walk through it and believe they can do it and believe they can walk through it. But it just seems like this is a voodoo hanging over there with this this aura about the Crusaders of oh, we can't beat them. We've lost. So yeah. teams need to go out there and go, nah, get stuff. Like Crusaders aren't the same Crusaders we've known them to be. Let's mm-hmm. go. Highlanders time or Hurricane, whatever it is. Blues. Yeah, they someone's got to go out there and just top topple them. Okay, fine then. I'm gonna throw your hospital pass as you threw one to me last <clears> week. <throat> Who then is that team? that has the best chance of beating the Crusaders. To be honest, I think if the Blues can fix their defence and play for the 80, they will probably mm. have the best chance to beat them, I think. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Hurricanes had no right to win last weekend. Uh, this, <laughs> yeah, this weekend just gone. With the way they played. But if they can fix that and their bench can come off the fence, the, you know, the bench can come off into the game and actually make an impact as opposed to de- mm. degrading their effort, then the Blues are still a championship team that you know we're all sort of expecting them to be. So we saw glimpses of it, definitely, from the Blues. Yeah. yeah. But I think that'll be the difference is they've just got to play that 80 and stay with the Crusaders and um, play the game that they, they love to play. Use their talent, man. Look at that back line. Dude. Uh, who, who's in that back line again? Mate. Roger. We, we got Roddy, Roddy. Well, we've got Plummer. He's a season pro now. And then we've mm. got, um, oh, gosh, I, where is it? Here it is. Yeah, so we had Plummer, RTS. Then you had Ioane. Then you had Clark. He had a great game, by the way. Oh, how do we not talk about Caleb Clark? <laughs> yeah. oh. Both their wingers were epic, eh? But um, yeah, under the highball, man, Clark was the man. And he was running, f- like, yeah, some pretty tough lines for defenders to, to defend against. That try score was was pretty good. Um, I thought they would have saw him coming from a mile away, but yeah, yeah, maybe it was more like, oh, I don't want to get injured or don't want to don't take this one. You got this, bro? <laughs> <Too late. laughs> the, the best example of that was when he took Herson on the outside. Do you remember that run? And he chipped and chased it, and they were in for oh, all money. Bro. But the ball, yeah. no defenders at home, and the yeah. ball bounced outside. The bounce of the rugby ball, lads. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Yeah, we, yeah. I thought Herson <laughs> was, was quick, but when I watched that, I was like, yo, 
With your speed, man. <laughs> Where you at? There, there were so many. Yeah. I mean, I know we've already covered it, but that, again, there were so many standout players in, in that game that really just stamped their mark and say, hey, we can also grab a game by its neck and, and take over. Yeah, um, man. Man. I, and, and this is only week two of super rugby pacifica guys we are in for a treat this season <laughs> and i haven't even seen much of the chiefs i know i know that's not on the agenda tonight but it, you had them as your competition favorites to take it out this year <laughs> and yet you don't select them to be the team to beat the crusaders what is this what's <laughs> is there something you know about the chiefs that we don't but yeah i don't know no i haven't i haven't seen enough of them yet i need to see them play another game I don't think they're at their best against the Highlanders. And there is a little bit of me maybe regretting saying that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah, like I said, um, amazing weekend of rugby. Um, just quickly, we can um, run through the scores for you. That first game on the Friday last week, Highlanders v Crusaders. Um, yeah, Crusaders, too good, 34-19. Um, oh, and you had the Aussie Derby, the um, New South Wales versus Queensland Reds. How good was that? Uh, yeah. Reds coming out on top, just just edging it out at the end there, um, yep. just holding off a late um, a late surge by the by the Waratahs, uh, winning twenty to sixteen. And then again, not 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 a great outing for the Fijian Drua, uh, scoring only three points against the Brumbies, forty two. Game of the week, as we've just covered earlier in the um, in the episode, uh, Blues um, pretty much going down by one point in extra time to the heroic Hurricanes. Even Oof, you like that? Um, uh, also on the Aussie side, uh, you got the Western Force surprising everyone and beating the Rebels twenty eight three. And unfortunately, like we said, haven't seen enough of the Chiefs. Their game was cancelled against Moana Pacifica two teams that I'd really like to see this year. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the finale of the show where we break down um, some amazing segments of the weekend's game. Just like last week, uh, we'll go through and pick our try of the week. Uh, secondly, we'll also um, fish out the, the skill of the week, who had the best handles, the best running skills, and then we'll finish off with the uh, the MVP voting. Who gets three points? I feel like you guys have a good grip on that already. Um, who gets two and some honourable mentions? So starting from the top, try of the week, Scotty. I think this is a pretty unanimous decision. One yep. try stands up above all of them because this one literally stole the hearts of most of those Aucklanders. <laughs> That's Adi Savier's. Um, match-winning try against the Auckland Blues. Let's let's break down what happened here. You touched on it earlier with um, Bale and Sullivan getting on the outside. No, no, Ben May giving ben a May, beautiful yes. short ball to Bale and Sullivan, who gets on the outside of RTS, gives him the don't argue from uh, from out of nowhere. Mm. Um, and that was then, a strong don't argue as well. Like. It, get, it was get a, the f off me like, <laughs> type of material 
I'm scoring this try. Where has this Balin Sullivan dude been? I'm so grateful he's with the Hurricanes. Anyways, it doesn't end there. He creates himself a little break uh, with Adi Savir on his outside, running full pace, gives him an absolute nugget, a Mm. dime of a pass on the chest, which might I add, allows Artie to continue his his stride, not slow down because who was hot on his heels? Someone that was growing into the game who was actually taking the game over, Mark Talia. If, <laughs> uh, if that pass isn't perfect, Artie yeah. Xavier gets chopped gets down caught, and we're yeah. not set. Yeah, we're not celebrating anything. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't end there. Artie's then got to beat two tackles. He steps inside of Harry Plummer and who was the other... Uh, um, halfback, Sullivan. Oh, no, it was the other side. It was number 21. Oh, who's that? I don't even know. But um, yeah. No, was, uh, yeah, the, the reserve halfback, uh, Sam Nock, I think it was. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. So they got the same and, haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah kind, of, kind of confusing. Eh? <laughs> um, and yeah, that was well, this ha- cute little swan dive uh, I- un- underneath the post and just. Yeah. The whole of Wellington just pretty much Erupted. got up for that, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Or oh, the half like, that stayed. Sorry. <laughs> the, <laughs> a true diehard Hurricanes yeah. fan. I know it's yeah. 79 Sidlow Street in Strathmore. We were absolutely <laughs> out of our seats, screaming and chowing. Yeah, uh, was, was that, was that, was that, speaking of which, was that just the Marshall that let one rip in the weekend? There was there was a Chahu online on. on uh, yeah, I think so. I yeah, swear, yeah, yeah. I swear <laughs> we need to go back and rewatch that and pull it out. Justin Marshall, my boy. Oh man. Um, what about the presence uh, of mind for him though to to go under the posts? Yeah, because he knew that uh, he, he needed the kick. He knew. He knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. I think that's why that also takes it to become try of the week. You know, it's not just about, I mean, me as a forward, I'd just be gunning for the line, just trying to get there. <laughs> yeah. But Heidi Savir has the experience and presence of mind also not to step out because he flirted with that touchline um, yeah, with a few true. of those steps. Um, but yeah, to have that presence of mind to step in and still take it in to make it easy for his kicker and give, their, give his team, um, you know, a match-winning opportunity. Yeah. What a play, oh, and man. who better oh. to score it? I know. They, they said that on, on live TV at the time, and I was like, yes, Ari Savia, like, let's pump this guy up because he just, he can do everything. In yeah. what world is a number eight gassing off a winger? <laughs> yeah. It's just unheard of. I think so, he, he needed that as a captain, though. Him and also their coach, Jason Holland. Like, yeah. they've had a tough couple of years. Um, yeah. Adi, what he captained them for the first time last year, I think it was. He's, he became captain, but he's been he spoke so highly of his team and his teammates and the effort they put in at training and you know there he had the belief in his team that they can they can be the best team in the competition. Um, and and for me, it was almost like, yeah, this is what we can do. This is the turning point for us. That's the way it felt, anyway. It was like yeah. bittersweet for him to be like, see, I told you, like, we can <laughs> yeah. do this. And even yeah. maybe themselves might start to believe that they can make like magic happen and, and do the crazy things that hurricane teams are known for. Oh man. And and you saw it with the rest of the team who came over and just yeah, celebrated like crazy. The bench were all off their seats. It was yeah. 
I, I wish I was at that game. Damn these COVID bubbles, but hey, that's life, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like this isn't going to be the last time we're talking about Adi Saver tonight. Um, <laughs> but moving on, because as well as tries, the game of rugby does bless us with incredible amounts of skill. And man, there was bucket loads of skill, none more than Lestifying Anuku's offload against the, the Highlanders. One week, he scores three tries. This week, well, the week just been, he he just shows that he's his toolbox is just growing by the week and he is knocking on the door of the All Blacks. Man, he I don't know if you saw it, but he just gave a beautiful... Um, he he was looking for the contact, frees an arm, and then sets George Bridge off for what would eventually become Will Jordan's amazing try that you talked about earlier. But Lestifying Anuku, in my opinion, deserves some love for this this uh, this week's skill um, the skill of the week. What what do you yeah. make of his performance in the in the weekend? Oh yeah, like you say, Lestifying Anuku is becoming quite the force to be reckoned with within Super Rugby. He's, he's been sort of knocking on the door even of Super Rugby, you know, from the likes of NPC and, and the national yeah. competition. And he's finally getting his chance to express how great he really is. And I think the way he's playing and if he carries on like this, he's, he's going to start to believe that he is as good as everybody knows he is. Yeah. And you know, as a viewer, we're starting to to watch that all unfold, which is so cool to see. Um, mm. And it just shows how dangerous the offload game really is when it comes off, because there's not a lot separating these teams on attack, to be honest. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and if you notice, like when all these super uh, New Zealand super teams start getting some really good go forward, it's when the likes of these offloads start coming off and the error rate starts dropping down, that's when all the opportunities are creating. So guys like Lester Fanganuka who can do this, and we saw um, RTS doing it a lot in the weekend as well, you know, almost scoring opportunities and creating those. Um, yeah, this skill is is massive, and if guys can do this, then, yeah, they're only giving their team that much more of a chance to, to win games and open games up. So... I agree. Lester Fanganuku for Skill of the Week. Last go. Oh, man, the offload has made a comeback. I'm not going to lie. When Sonny Bill retired, I thought that was going to be the end yeah. of crazy offloads in the All Blacks jersey. But who knows? We could have a couple of All Blacks bolters to revive the offloads. In the, uh, <laughs> yes, on the national game. Man, Lester Fanganuku, well done, man. Um, yep. And just to cap us off for the night, we're just going to run through the MVP um, section, man, after a weekend like that, it is so that uh, we, yeah, I mean, we were just talking about this. So, so difficult to, to choose mm. uh, standout players just purely because so many guys put their hands up. But I mean, last weekend we gave three points to Lester Fanganuku for scoring three tries. And we're going to do the same tonight and give <laughs> Mr. Celesi Rayasi his, his due uh, diligence because, man, you know, he doesn't score a hat-trick. Hurricanes don't make that comeback. Mm. Um, it was interesting because his third try, that amazing dive that he did in that left corner, was like Mike and early candidate for try of the season. And then Adi Savia goes and does that. I was like, 
oh my word, like in such a short <laughs> amount of time, you just had two amazing tries. Um, but I don't see anyone else worthy of uh, three points. Do you, Scotty? Nah, man. Nah. It, it's got to stay with uh, Celeste Rasi. Yeah. You, you touched on it without those tries. And let's be honest, if we look at their um, their team sheet, is there anyone else, maybe Jordy Barrett, that could score the tries he did, carrying the ball in one hand, taking defenders over the line with him, um, reading reading the attack? Reading the that, attack. Yeah, 100%. You know, that, that first try he scored, you could see that from a mile away, but um, I think it was um, Zahn Sullivan had a yeah. nightmare and just hiffed it. And yeah, he did a great job. So, well, no. he, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it was it was it was classy from him. He cheated the line by not sprinting up too much. So the picture from Zahn Sullivan's perspective yeah. still looked like that was fifty it was on. on. Yeah. But, uh, Ray Arce had every intention of jumping that line, and yeah. boy, it, it turned out trumps for him. Eh? So, yeah, do you, do you know Ray what? Arce, I was going to say, if you oh, actually yeah. froze that picture, they actually the the kick was on the chip kick. But anyway, I will leave it there. <laughs> hey, Zan, Zan Sullivan, still a young man, only twenty one years of age, and he's going to grow. He, I mean, he'll learn he from that. Played, yeah. He played. He played a great game. Besides throwing that intercept, yeah. Um, yeah, watch watch the space. He could be a contender for MVP later on this season. Not to be outdone, yeah. though, there were other members of that game that really stood up and 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 really took over the game. Scotty, do you want to read out uh, who's worthy of uh, two points in this MVP race? Yeah, so for two points, we've actually gone with Captain Fantastic, um, Adi Savia for the Hurricanes. So obviously um, he gets the spotlight with that match-winning try, which we've sort of just dissected, but... I think what everybody needs to also look at is or look for is the work that you know goes unnoticed um, and really can only be shown through stats or if you're watching the game from a analytic point of view. But you know the effort of Adi Savia in any particular game, but in this one in particular where we needed him to stand up, um, yeah, it was second to none. He had 14 mm. carries, right, 57 meters. That's fine, but he scored a try. He beat six uh, defenders um, in those carries. Um, he's also given nine nine passes away, um, and he's he's done uh, two. Uh, he considered two turnovers as well. So um, it's, that's the kind of effort. You know, you take all that out of the picture. What do the Hurricanes have? Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, that hurts. Eh? <laughs> it does. That's it a does. Scary thought. <laughs> yeah. But Adi Savir, he gives 120% in every game. And I think this particular game, he played a full 80 minutes, gave it everything, um, reaped the rewards at the end, and is deserved mm. of two points. So well done, wow. Adi Savir. Well done, Adi Savir. Man, I feel like we're going to be, not just us, but that try is going to be talked about for a <laughs> long time now. But yeah, um, yeah let's, let's, um, let's carry on with um, our, our person who's deserving of one point. Um, I think you mentioned him earlier, Scotty, in the Crusaders Hurricanes debrief. Your man, Sivu Reese. Um, just the yeah. great heads up play to ignite mm. the comeback, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Bags himself two tries, is solid as always on defense. This guy, I, in my opinion, he's deserving of a starting all blacks jersey. Mm. Some people don't quite agree, but what we saw on Saturday was a real 
maturity about his game, right? Yeah. I think, um, yeah, with Severo Reese, like, he just loves the Nigoe. He loves getting in and doing the physical stuff. Like, you're always seeing him doing pick and goes in the All Blacks. And he's like, mate, what are you doing? But he's so good at it. <laughs> yeah. He's so good at it. But I think the one thing, and which was the common denominator or piece of criteria, which is how we got to select these three, is that all three of these players are players that change the outcome of a game through their effort or their, their you know, um, their skill. So, yeah, Sevi Reese definitely helped the Crusaders, um, you know, battle towards a, towards a win. And, yeah, he was a key difference there. So he's certainly deserving of one point. Man. Um, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, uh, so many, so many guys to choose from, as well as those three. I'd, I'd just like to touch on some honourable mentions. Guys like Josh Goodhue made a massive impact in that uh, Auckland Blues-Hurricanes match. Shannon Frizzell also stood up. Will Jordan, who can forget that amazing try. Um, and Julian Savia pretty much, uh, you know, had the exclamation mark by uh, running, had that amazing run back from um, that final kickoff from the, the Blues that led to um, Balen Sullivan's try, uh, set up for Artie's try. Um, these guys are all all-stars in their own right. Uh, it's pretty tough to get, you know, three, two, and one points in this MVP verse, uh, race, right, Scott? Yeah, oh, for sure. And I think the cool thing about this, minus Josh Goodhue, and and well, I don't know if you can say it today with Julian Savier, but I notice all our All Blacks are really stepping up for their for their teams. Yeah, right. Even though if they don't make it on this list, you got your Geordie Barrett and um, the likes. Yeah, really stepping up and standing out, which is yeah. the, the really good thing. So that, that makes Super Rugby almost look a little easy. But well, um, that's what you almost yeah. expect, right? I, and I was gonna t- I was gonna make this point last week when we were we were harping on about Adi Save. Remember, um, if. Uh, if you can remember, we were harping on about him and um, you said you wanted a, to keep it balanced. And I had precisely this point to say <laughs> was that you've got international superstars who are taking a step down and playing super rugby level. We expect, you know, mm. game-breaking abilities from, yeah. Yeah, from these guys. And like, let's be honest, they have not disappointed in the first two weeks of super rugby, man. Yeah. Holy! Strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. We've got, we've got a long season to cover, and um, I think that's us for yeah. for this week's episode. Signing out. Please tune in to our next uh, next week's episode. We will find another uh, game to break down. But from me and Scotty, that's a good night. Bye. See you.